This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast for 2017. Once again, thanks, listeners, for joining us. Michael, you're ready for our first question for today? Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully we won't have to rumble over this question. I don't, think, a, I don't think we agree. Yeah, We don't? Oh, okay. Well, here's the question for us, listeners. Would mentally disabled people go to heaven if they weren't able to understand the gospel? What do you think? So we broached this issue uh, on episode 49. It was way back in the day at the beginning of our back podcast. In earlier days. Adventures. And uh, the question on episode 49 was, can uh, or do aborted and miscarried babies go to heaven? Mm. And really that question uh, gets to the core of what this question is. The, the core of this question is, can somebody go to heaven if they die before they have the opportunity to fully understand the gospel? So in this question, the mentally disabled person is yet not yet cognizant, able to comprehend the simple truths of the gospel. And the simple tr- truth of the gospel is you, you first have to understand what sin is yep. and what sin does, which is separate us from a holy and righteous God. And then you got to be able to trust in Christ trust in and Christ understand for his... what he's done on the cross for us. Yeah. So there, there are two things I want to dismantle here. Number one is a cultural notion of God in love and heaven and hell. So there are these things that we hear. God is love. God would never do that. We mm. think of eternal conscious torment in hell. And people would say, this is how liberal Christians get away from the subject matter of hell. They philosophically say, well, that's a not God fair. of love would never do he that. Never do that. I mean, our challenge here is not to buy into easy one-liners that mm-hmm. make us feel good or even make cultural philosophical to our Western senses, logical sense. The question for you and I is what does scripture say and how do we conform our minds to that? That's because right. you might be in an Eastern context and the Western logic doesn't make sense to you. So mm-hmm. We as Westerners tend to think we are the most logical, rational, best people on the planet, the pinnacle of all things. And and God is bigger, better than that. Sure. And so that's one thing. We have to dism- dismantle some of those cultural lies and put back in scriptural truth. The second reality that we have to address here is the theological reality. And the theological reality is that everyone is born with sin. Even before we commit the sin, Mm -hmm. we're born with the sin nature. The reason we commit sins is because that's the overflow of our nature. And the question, the theological question here is, does God punish someone for potential sin or actual sin? Does God punish somebody in hell because they have the capacity to sin because they have a sin nature mm-hmm. um, or is punishment in hell contingent on actual sin. And uh, so I want to encourage our audience to go back to episode 49, because that I think really is going to lay the logic in a longer, more thought out way for people. And uh, what I'll do is I'll just give you kind of maybe some highlights. And one of the highlights is this, is that it seems in scripture, particularly when you go to the judgment and revelation that judgment is based on works. Yeah, on our actions. And those actions are cognizant actions that people are making, their decisions that they've made, and God is punishing them for those actions. So judgment seems to be based on works. Salvation, though, is based on faith. Mm-hmm. Jesus totally agree with this for us. It seems to me whenever you look at people who are judged and sent to hell in scripture, it's always because of what they did, not what they could have done, might have done, or would have done. Yes. And then there's a a special, I think, category. We could talk about a million things, go back to episode 49, but there's a special category 
um, in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians where there seems to be a parent asking Paul a question. And the question is about their kid. And the parent, there's an unbelieving spouse and a believing spouse, and they want to know, is my kid going to be okay? And Paul's response is, look, one of you is a believer. The kid is fine. So the way I think I safely answer it is I say with with 99.9%, I would say optimism and clarity. I would say that if one of the parents is a believer, there should be no concerns for where the child of an of a believer is going to go if it dies. For me, the bigger quandary is the children of unbelievers. Mm. And I'd still land in the same place simply because they I, I don't see in scripture where God punishes people for potential sin. Or the lack of faith of their parents. Or the lack of faith. I mean, you literally have a child, whether if they're mentally disabled or a one month old, doesn't matter. If they have an inability to understand the gospel, they can't believe in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I'm trying to look at rather than my Western sense as a God of love would never do that. I don't want to just throw philosophical one-liners at God and say, oh, you must do that because that's how I think. What I look at in scripture is appears to be a pattern of judgment based on works. On works. And if there is no work. On the deeds of the sin, uh, the, yep. the response of the sin nature, which yep. is sin action. Yep. So I, I personally think one of the greatest, um, jokes that God is going to play on humanity is that every aborted fetus and miscarriage is going to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. And we think, how could there be myriads upon myriads, let alone the fact that there are literally hundreds of millions or billions of Christians? Uh, I think the reality of heaven is going to be so mind-blowing and uh, God is going to give one of the most positively pro-life statements on the planet. And let's be honest, if it were not for sin, there would not be miscarriages. And just because there's a massive quantity of them does not negate the humanity of each fertilized um, embryo. So that's kind of where I would land. Um, And again, we, you and I processed all this in episode 49, but I'd give this back to you like Tim. So you're sitting with um, a mom, a dad, and uh, they have, um, we'll even say age-wise, an adult mentally disabled child who is not clearly able to understand or comprehend the gospel. Yeah. And that child passes away. And uh, let's say the parents are not Christians, but they come to you and say, where is my child? What would you what would you say to them in that moment? Strange that you'd ask that, Michael, because I personally have experienced that. There was a young lady back many years ago. Her name was Patty. Patty was 14 years old biologically. Now, mentally, I don't know how old she was. Here's how bad she, this late young lady was. She could not control her bodily functions, uh, wore diapers all the time that I knew her. She could not control, could not move her own arms and legs. Um, she was bound to a, a chair, uh, a bed, 100% of the time. But you could speak with this lady and, and talk with her, this young girl, and she would be able to express her emotions in um not in language, she could not speak, but she could smile, she could raise her eyebrows and you could talk with her and you could see that she was tracking with you to some degree mentally. How far? I don't know. Did she understand the gospel? Did she understand sin? Uh, I know her parents were Christians. I know that her parents shared the gospel with them, with her and, and took her to church the best they could. Did she understand sin and what sin, uh, the results of sin and how it separated her from God? I don't know. Now, with that family, I would rest in the fact that 
the gospel was shared. She heard the gospel. She heard what sin was on a regular basis. And if she had the ability to trust Christ as her Savior, I would think that because the family and their dedication to Christ and their local church, that this she had opportunity to do so. I would trust that she did because she had a childlike uh, mental uh, state. Now, do I know for a fact 100% that she's in heaven? No, I don't know that. I don't know if anyone could know that because we don't know how far uh, her, her, how how advanced her mental capabilities were. Now, I do know that there are children that we we think that, like Patty, we think they're not able to understand the simple gospel, but that is, that's the beauty of the gospel. The gospel is simple. Sin separates us from God. Sin is anything that uh, violates God's rule, God's law, God's word, and that separates us from Christ. And Jesus died so that we could we could receive his gift of salvation. Uh, I also know that there are people that are very brilliant ed, uh, educationally or intellectually. They don't get it either to say uh, you have to have an IQ of, you know, 120 to understand the gospel. I just don't think so. So if somebody for sure objectively did not have the capacity to understand the gospel, what would you say to the parents? I would take them back to the story that we shared in our previous episode where David was talking about the child that he and Bathsheba conceived in sin. Um, so this child didn't have a good first start, and yet the child became sick. The child uh, eventually died. And during that time, David fasted, he prayed, uh, he wore sackcloth and, and ashes. He demonstrated his uh, repentance and his remorseful feelings for what he had done with Bathsheba and her husband Uriah. And yet, when he got the news that the child had died, he washed his face. He said, get, get food. And uh, the servants didn't understand what was going on. And, and David made this clear statement. I know that this child is not going to come back to me, but one day I will be able to see this child. And clearly he was uh, indicating that one day he would, he trusted God enough to know that God's goodness and God's righteousness are clearly in the picture, but God's favor, God's fairness in this child's life was also true. So the tension mm. of God's love and God's righteousness would play out in the favor of this child to be, that David would be able to see this child once uh, he, he departed. Yeah, what I appreciate about what you're saying is you're not trying to root it in what feels good, although it is better, I think, emotionally, if we believe they go to heaven. Um, but we're trying to root it in Scripture. In Scripture. What does Scripture say? What does Scripture either explicitly say or what does it say in the storylines? Yeah. And so, again, I would, I would push our audience back to episode 49. And I think there's heaven's going to be one big, magnificent um, awesome experience where we are completely blown out of our minds and shocked by who's there. I agree. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Hopefully it made a difference in your life. Please come back next time when we answer the question, can Satan use my spoken words as ammunition against me? Mm -hmm.